Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin', Fantasy Champs? What's up? You just got up, took a, took a little walk right before the show? Yeah, yeah dude. I was going to leave you hanging there for a second. No, I was uh, going to I, check I, to see if the camera was recording because I couldn't tell. Oh, sorry. I, w- I would have been able to do it. He's like, I was Sponsored by Bubbly. Yeah, dude, you don't have a Bubbly. Sorry, right, I would have just said sponsored by Bubbly. But <laughs> people know. Yeah, people know. Uh, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as, with me as always. Pop and Rick. What's going on, bro? Um, today we're going to talk about some tight end rankings for the 2022 fantasy football season. Um, but we're also going to give you before that a free agency update because there's been a lot of news floating around. Oh, we just got a semi. It's not huge news, but okay, hold on. One of the receivers that the Patriots rumored is off the market, and multiple teams are in on. I'm gonna hit the breaking news <laughs> button for this. Oh. Wow. I can't even hear it. Um, even I'm probably off. I can I can just cut that audio straight out of the uh the podcast. But okay. uh, who is it? It's uh Braxton Barrios. Uh oh. signed back with the Jets, two years, twelve million. Uh seven fully guaranteed. He was rumored to go to multiple teams, including uh the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Patriots. Wow, really? You want, you want me to try the breaking news button again? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I, I, never I could faintly hear yes, that. It didn't uh, work. Anyway. So um a lot of a lot of technical difficulties, I guess, today. Right before this, we recorded six minutes of an intro, and <laughs> Zoom just crashed, and then Rick couldn't yep. couldn't be heard. So, uh, we are we are struggling our way through this podcast today. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're gonna have some free agency updates. Some are gonna be live on the show, and then we're gonna give you our top five tight end rankings. Try to keep this short and concise. You ready to get started, Rick? Rick? Yep. Ready to get yep, started, yep. Rick? Um. Before we jump in, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on all social media platforms. Just type in, type in the FF Champs. You'll find us. You can also follow us uh, on Instagram individually. Um, Play in the green. Lemon underscore FF and mine's Morgan Colby underscore FF. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review, share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and then comment down below any questions you may have or updates you may have for this. I also want to preface this show is recorded Monday. so if At 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock. So we're so only two hours into the tampering period, so we don't have too much. free agency signings, obviously, we are going to get to them. Um, we pre-record our Thursday show as well, so most of our free agency updates uh, over the next week are going to come on the Tuesday show next week. So. Um, please keep bear with us and keep that in mind. Uh, so let's jump into the free agency portion of the show right now. Um, and I'm going to try to fix this audio. So Rick, just ignore the buzzing. Okay. Like just ignore the buzzing. Uh, more specific because I'm just going to cut the buzzing out after. So anyway. Um, but can you give me your thoughts right now 
uh, on the first guy that we're going to talk about, which is Chase Edmonds, and then the effects on the flip side. So we'll start with Chase Edmonds, James Conner. Um, Chase Edmonds signed a contract with the Miami Dolphins. Can't remember the the numbers, but you can go look it up. Two years, 12 million, I think. Thank you. Um, So you can look it up online where Rick, the the thesaurus of contracts, can tell you. Um, So anyway, uh, Chase Edmonds signs with the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, it's early in the offseason. We don't know if the Dolphins are going to go get another running back in free agency. There's been some rumors floating around. We have Melvin Gordon still out there. Not that they would sign yes. another guy, but there's also some guys out there that have been rumored to be traded, i.e. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. So, like, it might not be done in in Miami with the quarterback. I mean, uh, with the running back position. But as we currently stand, what are your thoughts on that deal? So, yeah, I, I, I do think um, that the Dolphins are going to do something else. I believe that they are probably going to draft a guy in day two, maybe in the second or third round. Yeah. Um, but if this is all they do and they go into next year with Miles Trashcan and uh, Chase Edmonds and uh, who's the other guy, Jordan Howard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then Chase Edmonds, you're probably looking at a top 20 back in fantasy for PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that San, he's, it's going to be the San Francisco offense. So they're going to use multiple running backs which is gross, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be kind of run heavy spread type offense. And it's going to be good for chase Edmonds. It's exactly what he, um, he fits that role pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be the pass catching back as well. I think that's going to give him the most fancy value. I think it's probably a little better than Arizona as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I do think Miami's going to add somebody. Yeah, I would have to agree. Most likely I'm going to say it's through the draft. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I kind of look at Chase Edmonds as Trubisky. Uh, what is it? Not Trubisky, uh, which is another guy that signed. But anyway, um, Tariq Cohen is also on the market. And not. I think Chase Edmonds is obviously better than Cohen. Cohen's been dealing with a lot of injuries. But um, Cohen's kind of like a gadget pass-catching running back when he was with Chicago. I kind of view Chase Edmonds as that. Um, the way a guy like Tua Tungavailoa plays having a running back like Chase Edmonds makes sense for them, but it also, I don't think he can be a three down workhorse. So I feel like they're definitely going to go get somebody through the draft. Um, what is his name? Mike McDaniel. That's a head yeah, coach. Mike McDaniel. He came yep. from, he was OC of uh, 49ers, right? It came from over there. Yes. Yeah. So he also comes from a 49er system where they usually like to use two or three running backs. Um, I don't think for fantasy, like the running back position is going to be bad for Miami uh, because the 49ers made it work with multiple guys and you know, they had some effective running backs. So we'll see if Edmonds and you know, other people can kind of have success, but I will like if Miami goes out and drafts a running back in the first two or three rounds of the draft. Yes. A first round, you know, first round draft capital would be like, Holy crap. Like that running back should probably be used on first sight. But if they draft somebody in the second or third round, I'm more, apt to believe that that guy's not going to be as effective as people initially had thought in the pre-draft rookie process, if that makes sense. Um, So with that being said, if they don't do anything, I think Edmonds definitely should be in consideration for top 15. Um, When he was by himself on the field uh, without James Conner and without Kenyon Drake in years past, uh, he was actually a pretty effective running back. And if they choose to go with him in a, you know, full workhorse role 
if he if he holds up, which is another concern, uh, health. But if he holds up under that role, I think the sky's the limit for him, and I think he could definitely be a top fifteen guy. But um, if they bring somebody else in, I, I'm more kind of in the range. I don't know if you know where you would have him, but I'm I, I think Edmonds for me would be more in the range of twenty to twenty five in rankings at the running back position than yeah, you know, me too. Fifteen. He's probably in that range, and then you said James Conner. Yeah. So what was his contract? Uh, Connor was three at twenty one million, so about seven million a year. But it okay. could bonuses could get it up to like twenty two and a half, I think, or twenty two point seven, something in that range. Okay. Um, so a little bit more. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think he's. Um, I got a fan. I got an alert, but it's just Matthew Slater. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I got sweaty. Yeah, I, I think. Oh! Where where did Connor finish last year? Connor he was, was a top 10 running back, wasn't he? Yeah, he was top 10. I think he was number six, but I'm going to pull that up for you now. Yeah, so I think he, you know, I'm not sure he's going to finish that high again because he just um, he benefited. Five. So he was fifth. Yeah, yeah. He, he benefited from and, um, uh, some guys being hurt and he had a lot of touchdowns. But if he's the workhorse there, I mean, we said this last year, he could be just playing the Canyon Drake in that offense. Yeah, uh, He's going to do that again. I do think they're going to have someone kind of, replace him the chase Edmonds role whether that's uh you know benjamin or they draft somebody in like the third round or mm-hmm. something or they bring uh jd mckissick in someone like that but connor's still going to get the bulk of the work in arizona and mm-hmm. i think I, you said top 15 i think that's a real possibility for him again um he's a solid rb or for james connor oh yeah i think james, J- connor, james, james connor's connor. a solid um high maybe even a high-end rb2 uh i would say a mid mid to high end RB two for the Cardinals, which is pretty good, especially if you oh, had yeah. him in dynasty and you were just stashing him last year too. You know, it, it was, it's not even like the average points per game total. Like he reached the top five because he outplayed, you know, or he, he played in every game and, you know, got, got to that level. He, he had he 16 went, points per game. He had 16 half. points per game, which is number five in the league uh, in fantasy football. Right. So at the running back, my, my only concern is I think he had like 16 touchdowns. Yes. I don't know if he's going to get 16 touchdowns. My thing is that the fact that they let James chase Edmonds walk and they re-signed James, James, uh, James Connor. I was going to say James Robinson, uh, James Connor get 18 touchdowns. last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I think there is going to be a little bit regression in the, like, I don't think he's going to be a top five running back and I don't think people should draft him as that. I don't think people should rank him as that. Obviously. Um, but what I will say is, and I don't even know where he right now is ranked. I mean, obviously changing circumstances, so the ECR is a little bit different. But um, at the running back position, he was ranked um, 25th. RB25, yeah, yeah. RB25. So, um, but when you look at, for me, when you look at James Conner, like, I think he has a higher ceiling than Chase Edmonds does in terms of what the opportunity is. And I do think there's going to be regression at the running back position. But now that we know there's, it's more likely that he is going to withhold that same role that he had last year with him. If they don't add anyone, maybe a little bit more work. I think that there could be a higher ceiling for him in terms of like, I think, I think he maxes out at like five or six, but I think having him in the top 15 around 12, 13 or 14 is not a horrible place for him. Um, and I think being back with the Cardinals is the perfect spot for him. I do cons- I am a little bit more concerned with health on his end while yes. I have that yep. same feeling about J- Chase Edmonds. So, um, yeah, I-, I think both of those guys are 
they took a step forward and a step in the right direction for their both of their fantasy outlooks. Um, and I remember when we were talking about James Conner earlier in the season, uh, earlier in the off season when the season ended, we were like, this guy was top five. How the heck did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, is this going to continue? Um, and I think we got a little bit more, uh, some more questions answered, obviously today uh, with him signing there. So I'm excited to see yep. where, where he goes. Um, there have been a plethora of offensive lineman signings. I'm not going to say names cause it doesn't really matter that much, but the oh, Bengals added breaking some, news. Ooh, what can you not do that to me? You're scaring the frig out of me. We only have actual breaking. It does not involve the Patriots. So <sighs> don't say Christian that. Kirk is expected to sign a large deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, according to Ian Rappaport. All right, well, let's talk about that now. The Jacksonville yeah, so Jaguars did sign a t- uh, 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 a very. So that good means DJ Chark is gone. He is pretty much DJ Chark's replacement. Um, yeah. interesting. Rondell Moore to the moon. I hope. Rondell Moore. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Because the card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I've been holding on to him. He's going to be involved. Uh, I think Kirk. I he says a large deal. So this. I mean, we're going to see, but the Jaguars cl- clearly view Pelissero? Christian Kirk and Ian Rapport, the two of them, both I, tweeted it. I'm looking at the wrong account. Adam, you are no longer the king of the NFL. Um, So that's, a, that's an interesting one. I think uh, it's good for Christian Kirk's value. I think he's kind of o- an overrated player, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Jaguars could still use as much help as they can at wide receiver uh, in other spots. So if he... I, I don't know. It, it, it's good for Kirk. I don't, don't know how good it is for the offense, uh, but he's going to definitely be fantasy relevant this year with that kind of contract. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Christian Kirk, man. I, you know what? That scares me a little bit. Because now that makes every other wide receiver on the market way more valuable. Especially if his contract is quote huge. Yeah, according to Ian Rappaport, it's a it's Christian Kirk to a large deal per me and Tom Pelissero. Well, it for fantasy purposes, um, right? Trevor fantasy- Lawrence, that's a good thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, it's kind of the same to me. <laughs> I know. I, I know, actually kind of think Chark is slightly better. <laughs> I, to, I think Chark is better. I, I think Chark is better than Christian Kirk. I don't but it's know. better than yeah, losing I, Chark for nothing, right? I know. So I don't know how it affects Trevor Lawrence. I think if Lawrence does take a step forward this year, the Jaguars, who have already signed a offensive lineman, which I'll add that in here now, um, it does help improve the offense a little bit. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to take a step forward next year. It's just how much is Christian Kirk going to be able to maneuver um, in an offense like like we've talked about DJ Chark for three years now, four years of him being this breakout wide receiver, and we've talked about even Lavisca being this breakout wide receiver. And I think this actually means some really good things for Lavisca too. I actually but, like that for Lavisca, yeah. Um, I I I look at this situation if they don't bring Chark back, which is the assumption considering if this contract really is large, I'm not expecting them to go out and sign another guy. I don't know what this looks like for Chark. I mean, um, for Christian Kirk, I think Kirk would, would be a top 20 wide receiver. 
Um, that is probably where I would have him if Trevor Lawrence is good. If Trevor Lawrence sucks still, um, that would really kill Chark. Uh, I keep calling him Chark. Christian Kirk's value. So Kirk would end up um, probably somewhere in the, the low end wide receiver three range for me. Uh, so for fantasy, it really depends on what Trevor Lawrence does. And I want to see, you know, what happens through the draft for Jacksonville. If they keep adding, you know, offensive line pieces, um, they, you know, obviously double down on James Robinson and, and they also have Travis Etienne coming back. Like they got some weapons there. I think things could open up for Kirk. So top 20, top 25 is not out of the question for me. It just depends on the play of the quarterback. So that is where I'm kind of hung up on that, but that's, that's interesting. Interesting signing. Yeah, this this guy um, did tweet that he thinks Christian Kirk would play in the slot, which would kill LaVisca, and they could bring back DJ Chark. That's what Just, I was. That's kind of what I was thinking. But if if the contract is huge for Christian Kirk, then why? Yeah, like why? Why would you? You're, you're now you're wasting. They have a lot of cap space. I will say that, but your um. No, I agree with you. I think it doesn't it, make sense to me. So if you're signing Kirk to a huge deal, you would the expectation is Chark would be gone, would be walking away. And yeah. I don't like Kirk does play that slot inside role. He did it for him and Hopkins did it for Car- the Cardinals. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll I guess we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Leave it to the Jags to overpay for a second rate wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm glad the Patriots didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, so uh, like I was saying to uh, the Bengals added, and uh, uh, is there any other free? Why don't you search, scour for more free agency news that relates to fantasy? Yeah, football? I'm I'm looking. Um, but offensive line, uh, the Jets signed an offensive lineman uh, from I think a backup offensive lineman for, to a ridiculous contract from the 49ers. So they're trying to bolster their offensive line um, for Zach Wilson, which is good. I don't know how much the Jets are. They're such a bad franchise. I don't know how much they're going to be able to do this offseason for Zach Wilson to improve without making trades or you know anything like that. So They have two top 10 picks. They do so. have two top 10 picks. So there will be improvements there. But I just don't know that Like if you're a free agent, unless the Jets are offering you yeah. a monster contract, you're not going to New York Jets. So um, as far as the Bengals are concerned, they look to be making moves. On the offensive line, they signed Ted Karras. I believe they signed another offensive lineman, um, and I would imagine that they're going to draft one. Adding three or four guys to that offensive line at this point is is very very good for Joe Burrow and that offense because what they did this year with basically nothing, like Joe Mixon was a top seven running back. Joe Burrow was like a top 12 quarterback in fantasy football. Jamar Chase was top three, top five at the wide receiver position, right? Top five, yeah. T. Higgins was like top, I think, 20. And yep. like you you see what they can do with no offensive line. You add an offensive line, you give Joe Burrow some time. I I don't know. I there's gonna be that offense is gonna be potent, and I think it's gonna be one of the highest scoring offenses in the AFC. Uh, and very, very good for fantasy. So I like what they're doing so far in free agency. We'll have to see uh, where that goes. But um, as far as that is concerned, some defensive guys have gone. We don't care about that. Um, 
But is there anyone else out there, Rick, that you wanted to hit uh, on? Not really fantasy relevant. Some offensive line pieces are moving around. Um, but no other than, other than, unless you count Braxton Barrios, no other receivers have gone. Where did Barrios uh, go again? Position. I'm sorry. I just totally blanked. He out. re-signed with the Jets. Oh, what the hell? He stayed with the Jets. Why would you do that? Why? Of all things, Braxton, you're in the free agent market. People are going to pay you money. And you, you say, I, you know, I'm going back to the Jets. Brother, Jets are building something special. Great. So worry about it. Uh, the Bills did just sign an offensive lineman from Tennessee, a guard. Okay. Uh, apparently, he's a good run blocker, but he's kind of old. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, some defensive players got signed, but yeah, nothing fancy relevant yet. Do we want to start tight ends? And then yeah, we'll yeah, just let's, let's start tight ends. And then as, as we go. come along, we'll, we'll talk about it because we're already sure. 20 minutes in the show. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, all right. I'm having trouble today with these wires. I just knocked my headset off. Let's talk about some tight ends now. Uh, we're going to rank our top five tight ends for 2022. Um, usually after five at this point, there there is six or seven really good tight ends. I think, you know, there's going to be guys that are drafted. After our top five, you have guys like Hawkinson. Um, yes, Hawkinson is, you can make the argument, should be in our top five. Dallas Goddard, um, Dawson Knox, um, Dalton Schultz with uh, Mark Cooper gone. Yeah, there's there's some, uh, and they they also uh, what's his name is gone. Blake too. Jarwin. Blake Jarwin's yeah. gone. So they're fully committed to Dalton Schultz. Yeah. So th- there's it's some good things at the tight end position, but I think after the top six or seven, there is kind of like a drop off. So ranking ten tight ends really doesn't like we're gonna have a full tight end ranking set that you'll you'll be able to see. Um, but as of right now, we're gonna give you five tight ends on this show. Um, so let's start with the tight end one, which is uh, Travis Kelsey. Ooh. I believe. Let me just pull that up because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking out of my face. Travis Kelsey is the tight end one. Now his best ranking is one. His worst ranking is three. So we're um, not the craziest people. We're not the craziest people on the planet. Uh, but we both have Travis Kelsey ranked at two. Rick, give me your thoughts as to why Travis Kelsey should be uh, number two and not number one. Well, for he the first finished, time ever. He finished as a tight end two this year. Um, mm-hmm. and he was very good, but he wasn't the same player that everybody said he was. He wasn't the one on in redraft that yeah. some people on Twitter thought he was. Again, very, very good season. Still a top notch tight end, but um, was the tight end too. And at age 32, he's going to be 33 years old um, this season. I just don't see him finishing as the tight end one again. Still, mm. obviously, he's Travis Kelsey. He's in the Chiefs offense. He's going to have big games, good production on a weekly basis. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's two guys that finish ahead of him and he finishes as tight end three. Still a top three tight end though. Um, and he's, he's still a solid safe play. Uh, but he's just not number one. Yeah, I, I've. It's 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 hard because <laughs> it scares me a little because Kelsey has been Kelsey, and there's really yes. nothing like this past season. He had a few more injuries than he normally has. Um, he only missed one game though. But he only missed one game, and there really hasn't been anything that to suggest that Kelsey. His production went way down from 2020 to 2021. Yeah, yeah, and. I think that's more to the fact it's interesting because you saw, like we talked about Tyree Ty- 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 Kill's numbers 
how he every year has increased in the category of uh, target share, but he's decreased in the yards per um, catch category. And I think similar things are happening to Travis Kelsey where more target share is being shifted from Kelsey to Hill and they're utilizing Hill in, in shorter concepts uh, than, you know, Kelsey's kind of just a boulder that runs across the middle of the field that they can get open using a using two two types of routes and people still can't cover the guy because he's good. Um, I don't think he's dead, but he is a he's going to be 33 years old when the season starts. And around 33 years old. Um, I guess. The, yeah, he'll be 33, right? When's his freaking birthday? Uh, Yeah, he, it's October. Either way, he's old. So he's going to be 33 during the NFL season this year. Um, And I think the big thing with Travis Kelsey is that as he gets older and as he ages... um his body's not going to be able to withstand and hold up to NFL, you know, hits. And we saw when, when, you know, Gronk is basically the same age as him, but towards the back end and people look, by the way, people look at Gronk very differently than they look at Travis Kelsey. Like Kelsey's still a top tight end and Gronk is the same age and he's like at the bottom. So for me, it's like, you know, you look at Travis Kelsey, he's been in the league for a while. I think it's eight, nine years at this point. He's on he's on the older side of it, and I, I still think he's a top-five tight end because he's on the Chiefs and they throw it to him a lot. But I don't know if he's still that number one bona fide, like, automatic, stick him in your back pocket, like, tight end. Um, and I think that there are some other guys that are ascending into that category, uh, and Kelsey will probably start to fade out of that. Um for dynasty, I'm selling him in any league I have him in. Um yep, just because too. it's t- it's it's time. <coughs> um and if you can go out and get somebody significantly better, uh that is good too. So, for me, Kelsey is number 2 just for that pure fact that I don't know if he can be the tight end one and where he's getting drafted. See, you go I the way I look at my rankings is I don't just look at them as like this is where I think a guy is going to finish, but it's also a I don't really want this player on my team, so I'm not going to draft them as such. You know what I mean? Um, And it's not like I'm saying I don't want Travis Kelsey, but I'm not going to draft him in the top 12, the top 24, um, knowing that he's on the decline of his career. It's not worth it to me. So putting putting him number two makes it physically impossible for me to draft him. I mean, I'm, I just went back and looked at some of the greatest tight ends in recent memory. Greg Olson, Antonio Gates. Greg Olson's last great year was he was age 31, so a little younger than Kelsey. Yep. Antonio Gates' last great year, he was age 34, so a little bit older. Yep. Um, but it's around that time. It's like early early 30s. Like once you're like once you're tight end, you hit like 32, 33, 34. Mm-hmm. At some point, he's just going to drop off. Um, and it's going to happen sooner than later. And I'm not even saying he's dropping off this year. All I'm saying is it's he's starting. Not it's start, it's time to look at it. Yeah. So exactly. I'm I'm interested to see what Kelsey does this year. Like I said, still got a quarterback by the name of Patrick Mahomes. Still gets right. a heavy target share. So not really concerned about Kelsey yet. But I don't think he's worth a first or second round pick. I think he's more worth that third, fourth round range if you want to draft a tight end early. So. Um, let's move on to the next guy and the ECR has him number two. We have him number one. So he's overtaken Travis Kelsey 
And it's Mark Andrews. And we've spent some time talking about Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch over there. Uh, Baltimore clearly likes to use these tight ends. Um, this offseason, I've referenced snap percentage increasing year on year. You know, so back in 20, uh, 2019, I believe was his first breakout season. He had a snap share of 43%. 2020, he had a snap share of 64%. 2021, snap share of 76%. So year on year, he's been increasing. His target shares have been increasing. I think this is your new tight end one. Do I think he's going to be a bona fide, definitely finished tight end one next year? I don't know. Like, I don't think Kelsey's a ridiculous talent. It's like back in the Gronk days when Brady and Gronk played and Gronk was in his prime. Uh, you just took Gronk every year one because yep. you knew he was going to be one. Kelsey's been that same. I don't know if Mark Andrews is that. We'll see over the next couple of years if that's the case. But he's my number one at this point because I think he's the most trustworthy tight end at this point. Yeah, I am so tempted to put somebody else at number one. But as of right now... I'm, I'm going to put Mark Andrews as number one as well. Yeah, you know who it is. Um, after the year he just had, it's hard not to. 153 targets is insane. Um, he was the tight end one this year. And even if you look back historically, uh, it was a pretty good season. I mean, in 2019, Travis Kelsey was number one in fantasy points with 205 fantasy points. Uh, he did play an extra game, but Mark Andrews this year with 235 mm-hmm. fantasy points. So, um and then the year before, Travis Kelsey, 2020, uh, he had an insane year. Um, 2018, 243. So it's around the same total as other um, tight end one finishes. So it's not like he just had a, uh, a random fluke year. Like Mark Andrews did have a very solid season. Um, and you made some great points about his snap percentage going up every year. His target share has gone, pretty much gone up every year. Uh, he played some of this year without Lamar Jackson, which is key to note. The only thing I'll say is I think with Dobbins coming back and uh, with Lamar, it's going to be, again, a run-heavy offense. Um, and I think Rashad Bateman might have a bigger role. There's been um, already early offseason hype about Rashad Bateman having a bigger role mm-hmm. in the offense. So uh, those are things to look out for with Andrews and uh, could hurt him as finish against the tight end one, but either way, I think he's a top three tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's move on to the next guy. We're blowing through these guys, which is good. We're getting prepared for the 10 QB show. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, expediently get through that. But anyway, number three, and this is consensus at this point. And, uh, this guy, his best rank is one. His worst rank is four at this point. The standard deviation is basically one uh, rank. So there's some variation here with others um, mm. in terms of where he gets ranked. But uh, it is Kyle Pitts, number three. Uh, Atlanta, sticking with Matt Ryan is, for, is what it looks like. Um, Calvin Ridley is, whether he stays or he goes, he has got a full season to sit on his couch and watch football and gamble if he would like to. Um <laughs> I don't even, can you do that? Is that breaking, still breaking rules? I think, I think it is. That's <laughs> how I got in the space in the first place. Uh, so much temptation. You give him a whole year off. That doesn't teach him a lesson. <laughs> yeah, that he'll be banned for life. <laughs> yeah, so uh, regardless of what happens this offseason with Calvin Ridley, it's most likely he's not going to play in the 2022 campaign. So with that being said, 
there's no one else there. It's like a yep. barren landscape over there in Atlanta, and there's one guy rising from the ashes, and his name is Kyle Pitts. He had the best tight end season ever, uh, finishing as the for rookie. For a rookie, for a rookie. Uh, yeah, I should say for a rookie. I'm an idiot. Um, finishing as the tight end seven. Um, and so he wasn't incredible. And in five and a half PPR. I'm in half right now. Oh, are you looking at through 17 weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at through 18 weeks. Uh, well, either way. So he was he was very good last year. Fell in the middle, um, kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of what the tight ends did. But I think this year, being literally the only target on the team, he's a tight end that I expect to get 140 to 150 targets in that offense. And he's going to be the red zone target. He's literally a tight end that got drafted in the top five. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyle Pitts is three, but his ceiling is one. Um, yes. And yep. uh, Rick, this is the guy Rick was talking about. He didn't even have to tell me. He didn't tell me pre-show. I know exactly who he's talking about, that he wants to rank one. Um, I like Kyle Pitts a lot this year. I think this is your biggest breakout, in t- easiest breakout tight end. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if you call it a breakout at this point because in, in sleeper leagues, I think he's getting drafted in the first round. Yeah. Um, I would I would agree with that. I think uh, – wait, did you say he's getting drafted in the first round? I uh, did – hold on a second. I'm looking. The first, don't say I that. meant the first five rounds. Okay. <laughs> Good. I did not mean to say um, in the first round. Yeah, he only – he. As a rookie tight end, he had a thousand receiving yards last year and 110 targets. The only reason he wasn't higher than tight end seven was because he had just one touchdown. And I'm not saying in the Falcons' offense he's going to get ten receiving touchdowns, yeah, yeah, yeah. but as the only target, he could get five or six. And if he does that with an increased target share, so maybe he gets like 140 targets, yeah, um, maybe close to 100 receptions and 1,300 receiving yards. I mean, that's a top three tight end right there. Uh, maybe top two borderline number one. And you just added a couple. He doesn't even need to have a monster touchdown year to finish as the tight end one. I am so tempted to put this guy at tight end one. The only reason I'm not is because of how bad that offense is. And he just really hasn't, that bad. Like they're really not hasn't done it. Just the Falcons. No, I mean, Cordell Patterson, I guess, but Bro, they're mediocre. the passing they're game really was they're, they're top 20. They're like 20th, but, uh, <laughs> Sure, they they're gonna add a receiver, and I think to be honest, it's a good yeah. thing if they add a receiver, um, mm-hmm. because teams won't be hopefully double teaming Kyle Pitts all the time right. as their only guy. They need to add somebody, um, and it won't really threaten how much Pitts is. Pitts is gonna be the number one guy in the offense, the number one target, no matter who they add. Yeah. Um, so, I I do love Kyle Pitts. I I think top three is almost a lock to be honest, with how involved he's going to be in that offense. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, I also want to say, if if Sleeper ADP holds up, which I doubt it okay. will, right now Kyle Pitts is going off the board as the sixth tight end at pick 67, Ooh. which is... Yeah, that's not, hold, that's not holding him. <laughs> There's no way. I'll take him. I'll take him. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm sense. gonna say based on rankings and based on where people have him right now that he's gonna be around pick thirty to thirty-five. Um, maybe even higher because people are crazy. 
So I don't know how accurate this is because this guy has 20,000 followers. Uh-huh. So take that for green salt. But he's saying Christian Kirk's deal with the Jaguars uh-huh. is uh, up to $17 million a year. Jeez. Good luck signing Allen Robinson, anybody. If that's if that's, I'm gonna take a rookie tight end. I mean, a rookie wide receiver for the Pats. Yeah, so that I mean, I'm okay with that. But then we don't. What are we doing at corner? J.C. Jackson. It's a whole. Yeah, I know. He, he's kind of screwing the, the coach up there. Chargers or Jets? J.C. Huh? Jackson's top two destinations right now are Chargers and Jets. Jets. <laughs> Get out of here, you clown. What a joke. He's such a joke of a cornerback. Oh, God. I can't wait for the Jets Dude, to overpay him. The Patriots offer him $12 million a year. He's going to get 20 in the open market. They're idiots. The Pats or? the Both. J.C. Jackson. He sucks. I don't want to pay $20 million for that guy. He doesn't suck. He's not He's not Darrell Revis or Stefan Gilmore. No, he's not, but worth, he's, he's not worth top five corner he's money. Not, he's not worth top five corner money, no. But he's like, make it make at least a real offer. They He's a, he's a top, what, 20 corner in the league at worst? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, what is the 20th? What is the 15th to 20th corner getting paid? $12 million a year. In the open market, though, I'm sure they would get like 16. That's why the Pats aren't in. Anyway, I don't usually defend the Patriots on contracts and deals and stuff like that, Rick. But this one, I'm okay with because I do not like Jason Jackson. He reminds me of Trayvon Diggs. You need a top 20 corner to replace him. Good luck finding. All right. (laughs) Fancy football show we just ranted about. We have, we have, was it two tight ends to get to? Yeah, we got to do this. All right. So uh, the next guy. I the same two and just swapped. Yes, the next guy on on the ECR is George Kittle. Um, I have George Kittle five. Rick has George Kittle four. We have our guys swapped. Um, You know what, Rick? I don't disagree with you. I like Kelsey. I like Andrews. I like Pitts. And I would love to put George Kittle four. Problem. How many games has George Kittle played over the last three years? (laughs) Not a lot. Maybe like, yeah. Uh, and Jimmy's not there anymore, most likely. No, bro, we got Trey Lance. Okay, I like Lance. You like? Lance? I don't know. I don't. There's so many question marks with George Kittle. That's why I have him five. I think I'm more concerned about injury than anything else. Like I think Kittle's going to be Kittle, um, no matter what. But. If we keep buying him as a th- a top three tight end, and he keeps performing like a top three tight end, and then getting hurt and missing ten games a season, it's not worth drafting him at that value. And so for me, I'm looking at Kittle, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put him five based on his injury history, and you know, I'm gonna have to stick with that. And if he's on the board at my pick as a fifth tight end off the board, I'll smash that. But I'm not. I don't think that's going to happen. A and B. I am concerned about some of the things with George Kittle, and and he is also. I, I don't think he's getting old, is he? Um, George Kittle. Yeah, hold on. I'm looking it up now. He is currently age 28, so slightly older. Slightly older than some of the guys like Mark Andrews, who's 26 years old, um, but. I think he's still got a lot in his career. He's just had so many injuries that he scares the, the crap out of me. His um, 
Last year, his fantasy point per target was 2.8, which is great. That's number four at the tight end position. That would be pretty good for a regular wide receiver. So, I mean, target share is the biggest thing. If he gets a massive amount of targets, that would be great. Um, but it just he misses a lot of time, and it's like, you know, he had, he yeah, had he 14 does. games in 2019, 8 in 2020, 14 in 2021. And it's like he's on and off the field so much that it's like, is it worth as a tight end? Like, if you have a wide receiver and they miss three or four games, you're like, all right, whatever. If you have a tight end like George Kittle and you're constantly having to waste roster spots replacing him, it's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand that. I just think when they're on the field, um, Waller t- last year, 2020, had an amazing year and was like that. But for the last season when they were both on the field, Kittle was the better fantasy option. Um, Waller averaged in a half PPR just 9.6 points per game last year. He's thirty, going to be 30 years old. Um, I still like Waller, but I also have a soft spot for Kittle. I think he's the best tight end in the league. Yeah. Not fantasy-wise, but just in the NFL. Um, but when he's out there, I know he misses some time, and that's a valid point. But, look, if I can get 14 games out of Kittle, I'll probably take that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have – two weeks where you're going to have to substitute somebody uh, in his spot. But he, he was a uh, tight end four, I believe last year in points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, while Darren Waller was tight end seven. So I, again, Waller also missed some time last year with some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it has had an injury past, uh, not to the extent of Kittle, but it's there. Uh, if you're telling me they're going to, average the same amount they did this year mm-hmm. in points per game and Kittle's just going to miss two games, I'll probably still take Kittle. But it's close. I mean, you could go back and forth with these guys. Yeah, yeah, and it's I think I think it definitely is close. Um Oh my god, Waller's 29. Freaking a guy. <laughs> I can't that's not real. He is Waller's 29. Yikes. He's going to be 30 this year. Um, well, that that could that gives up the next guy, which is Darren Waller, um, number five uh, on the ECR. Rick obviously reverse spot, so Rick has him five. I have him four. Um, I honestly think the coaching staff here in uh, coaching staff change here in Las Vegas is going to make a big difference. They're going to shift to something similar to what the Patriots have been running for years because it's the the offense the Patriots was running was not Bill Belichick's offense. I mean, he, people are probably going to be like, what are you talking about? It's Josh McDaniel's offense that Tom Brady helped build. That's what he's bringing to the Raiders. And the Raiders are going to go tight end heavy. Two tight ends on the field. Rick told me before the show, Foster Moreau is going to get like 28 catches. Hey, yeah, yeah, Foster Moreau. <laughs> so, uh, but I think Waller is going to get targeted Similarly, maybe a little bit more than Hunter Henry was this past year, except Waller's better. Um, and I think the the Raiders' offense is more experienced than um, what the Pats had last year. So I think what Waller has done in the past is really not going to change. Um, and last year he had 93 targets. He only played in 11 games. So obviously he missed some time, but he's on pace there for 150 targets. And if he hits that, he gets the catch rate. Derek Carr is very consistent uh, with his play, and you see more red zone opportunities for Darren Waller. <laughs> he catches more than two receiving touchdowns. He's going to be in the conversation of of top four, top three, um, and people are going to be like, this is great. I also am concerned now that I see his age, about age with Darren Waller. 
Um, but we'll have to see. So it really, like Rick said, it could go either way with both of these guys. But I, I do right. like Waller a little um, bit, a little bit better. Really quickly, Taylor. what's it? Because we went through our times. What's his name? Tom Pelissero. Yeah. On NFL Network, just said that Allen Robinson right now the three teams. Yeah, the Lions. Um, the Browns, um, yeah. And the Chiefs. <laughs> and the Chiefs. But not the Patriots. It's unfortunate. I don't get it. Chuck, DJ Chuck. Okay, so you're going to go to the Browns. And you're going to basically be the same wide receiver as Amari Cooper. Sense. The Browns only if he gets paid. But the Chiefs, I I mean. Lions? The, so, the, so the Lions. Do people care about winning anymore? Or is it all about money? Okay, bro. Not every player in the NFL has ever only cared about. That's what free agency is all about. It's everyone no, everyone does it now. Rick Braxton Berrios. Literally went back to the Jets. He went back to hell. Because they paid him all how many, extra how dough. Many, how many times? Okay, so you would you would rather everybody take cheap contracts to go to the Chiefs and no, to the Bills? No, but there's... Uh, back in the past, there were some people who wanted to like... It's like people make their bank in the first 10 years of the career when they're in their prime. And then... They realize, ah, frick. I got yeah, go a guy like Alan Robinson, I think, should go to a good situation over money. But, I mean, it's not like Christian Kirk but is he like. He should go to the Chiefs. It, That's probably it, where he'll it, end up. But the if Chiefs Christian Kirk gets offered $17 million to the Jaguars, you take it. Like, there's, it depends on the If player. you're Christian Kirk, yes. <laughs> Somebody's going to overpay for you. Then do it. I'm never going to hate the player for taking the no, money. You're right. You're right. I'm just sick of it. I'm, I want. I, I want, get it the way. With I Alan want Robinson, to watch like, good players on, like, not that Braxton Berrios is a good player, but I want to watch good players on good football teams. I don't want to watch them. Like, I, I do agree. Christian Kirk. Christian gonna... Kirk. If if the Jag if the Jacksonville Jaguars blow and they overpaid, then we don't get to watch Christian Kirk with a good quarterback. We get to watch Christian Kirk with a terrible franchise with a quarterback who's trying to figure it out. Yeah, we don't get to watch Braxton Varios play in a team where he's actually going to get target share and be he, good, and he's he, going to be on the Jets where he sucks. Allen Robinson signs with the Detroit Lions. You going to be watching more Detroit Lions games, Rick? I actually will be, unfortunately, not, like, not by choice. Yeah, not by choice. <laughs> but like, do you see what I'm saying? I'd rather see Allen Robinson play with Patty Mahomes than play with Baker Mayfield or Jerry. So you're Goff. saying you want Allen Robinson to sign with the Chiefs? No, I'm saying. I'm sorry. I would rather him go with the Lions. That for him, yeah, he would probably get more target share on the Lions. No, for the sake of New England, and if, if for the sake of the Chiefs winning, New England's Super Bowl. out. We're not paying him. He's going to get twenty-five mil a year. Oh, boy. So we're not paying anyone. We're not paying J.C. Jackson, who is on our team. We're not paying uh, Robinson. We're not paying Amari Cooper. We're going to trade for we're gonna trade for Ridley and hope for 2020. No, we're going to sign MVS. Mark, Marquez Valles-Cantlin. He's going to be the big guy, the big fish. $12 million a year to the Pats. We should if that happens, we if that happens, if we sign MVS and do nothing, I'm officially for one year not a Patriots hit. I'm, I'm, my allegiance is to the Detroit Lions. Bro, we got six Super Bowls. Like, people don't even care. They're like, it's oh, just, oh gosh, it's just so frustrating. As, as a to to everyone who's made it this far in the podcast, because we gotta we gotta wrap it up. But um, as as Patriots fans, uh, we enjoyed our many years of success, but we hold our teams to higher standards than 
the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just got Christian Kirk, and they're probably lit down there in Jacksonville. They're like, yeah, they're lit. let's go if they have a fan base. Um, so, like, to me, uh, a lot of the times the Patriots have had a long history of bringing in either A, old cheap guys who end up outperforming their contract because Bill gets the most out of them, or we draft somebody, they stay on the team, and then they end up leaving because we don't want to pay them that much money. Um, and then last year they spent a ton of money, and so now the expectations. Now Sanagor. Uh, well, we got we got Hunter Henry <sighs> and Matt Judon, and yeah, like yeah, that. those so are good signings. We got Ten some good signings. But anyway, uh, so there's there's higher expectations, but it is annoying after watching the Patriots for years, where um, the only wide receiver, the only big time one wide receiver that we've ever acquired is R- Randy Moss. In twenty years. Yep. I don't even need a Randy Moss level. Can we get like a B plus? Because to me, last Not Brandon year, Cooks. La- yeah, I mean, I would take that. I would take a Brandon Cooks because last year, to me, Nelson Aguilar was a D level signing. That's a D level. I don't, and it makes it worse that they gave him thirteen million. Kendrick Bourne, in hindsight, is a B, probably a low oh, B, Rick. B minus. Okay. But at the say- time, felt like a C plus. All right. Would you say? Would you say Christian Kirk is better? Or worse than Nelson Aguilar, better. He's better. By how much? 100%. I I agree 100%. with you. By how by how much? Five million dollars worth. Six million dollars worth. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the open market. Agrees I know, and I don't think Kirk is good. This is just more of a how bad but, I think Nelson Aguilar is. Al- Aguilar, what was he getting? Twelve, thirteen. Yeah, he's getting thirteen. If he hits incentives, I think it was thirteen. His base contract is like. Nine. Eleven. I think it's eleven. I think it's so basically market value is what we gave Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I wouldn't pay Nelson Aguilar more than like six million or five million to be honest. That's just you hate Nelson Aguilar. This I think Braxton Barry. I would rather bet. Yeah, I mean, I think he's not a top fifty receiver in the NFL. I don't even think he's top sixty to be honest. I'm not. And I'm not. I'm literally not. I've said this for years. This is not me being a patriot. No, I know. Downer. I know. I know. This is I this is you. just my thoughts on the player. Rick needs some help. He needs some. We're gonna have to get off this podcast and console. He loses his yeah. mind. It's like it's only because we're talking about now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, there you have it. Some free agency talk. Some tight end rankings. A lot of good stuff on this show. On Thursday's show, we'll, we'll get some, if things happen, we'll get them to you. Breaking news live on the show and talk about them. But we're going to give you our top 10 quarterbacks for 2022. Be sure to check it out. See you later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.